Hi guys, it's Editing Amanda here. So, I don't know why, but I am editing the podcast episode for this week, and the sound sounds really off. I checked my microphone and made sure that I was recording with my microphone and not my computer audio, but, and I was, but it doesn't sound quite right, so I apologize for the quality of this week's audio, um, but the this episode is so good that I did not want to trash it, and I don't use notes, so I can't re-record it because I wouldn't know what to say. But um, just wanted to let you guys know that, yes, you are not crazy. It does sound kind of tin canny, and I will look into it. Um, but thanks for still listening. All right, now on to the episode. Hello, beloved ones. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of the Oh, Beloved One podcast. Today we are going to be continuing our series in Ecclesiastes. We're going to be in chapter 10. Um, but before that, how are you guys doing? I am, I'm actually really pumped because... I magically have gotten out of this, like, kind of burnout funk. I don't know. I just haven't felt like being creative. I mean, I've done a lot of really fun photo shoots and stuff, but it's just kind of bursts of creativity, and then it's kind of over. And I guess it's because, like, now I'm a professional graphic designer, so I'm being creative all day. So by the time I come home, like, I don't want to be creative anymore. But this week, I was just bursting with ideas and I was so excited to like create graphics for this podcast and so anyway it this podcast has kind of like breathed new life into my life so I'm really excited that I finally got out of that funk because I don't know I I talked about an overwhelm episode last week and I'm almost wondering if I should do a burnout episode about just like being burnout in life generally um and not due to like depression depression or anything just like from being tired you know so anyway but it's summer now a lot of you are probably out of school so you can kind of like reset so Ecclesiastes 10 follows a lot of different threads it has a lot of different ideas so hang in there with me there's going to be a lot of good content in this sometimes I just wish that I could write like Solomon you know because or Solomon or David because there is just like boom 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 all these amazing thoughts and facts I, f- I feel like David and Solomon were C.S. Lewis's other time um, like D.L. Moody so many good Christian people they were like those people of their time so um yeah let's start in Ecclesiastes 10 um so it says dead flies make the perfumer's ointment give off the stench so a little folly outweighs wisdom and honor. This is really cool because we were actually kind of talking about this concept in church on Sunday. And this, okay, this is so hard. And I'm actually going to use a real life example. So basically what this verse is saying is that just, you know, a little bit of bad or not so great-ish really messes with the good in your life. So for example, if you have a jar of water, and you know, you're drinking out of it, you're on a hike, if your friend, if you run out of water and you say, hey friend, do you have another thing of water? They're like, yeah, but there's some dirt in it. I mean, even if there's one particle of dirt, you are like, "Mm, I don't know. Okay, well, if you have been hiking for like seven hours and you are parched, you're gonna drink that water. But let's just say that, you know, you're probably, it's been 30 minutes and you're like, you know what, it's fine. The hike's almost over, I'm not gonna do that because that's gross. So just like that, a little bit of bad in our lives, that that has no place in our lives. Evil does not have a place in a Christian's life. So, okay, 
new movie, Cruella. You guys have probably heard about it. It features Emma Stone, who I loved in La La Land. And so when I heard about Cruella, okay, now, I know a lot of people are on different pages with this. Here's my thing. I, I am a writer, and so I really do love, like, retellings of stories. I actually really like stories told from the villain's perspective because, here's a free tip for you guys, a good villain requires a good backstory. I mean, they're not just me. One of my favorite quotes is that, like, every Disney evil villain in these princess movies every evil queen was once a princess. Like, she she was good, she was innocent, she was kind, and something has changed them into who they are. Um, whether it's just, you know, letting sin run amok in their lives and things like that. So anyway, I am all for a villain retelling a story told from the villain's perspective. Now, of course, as Christians, we have to be careful about this, and we can't let, you know, evil be glorified, which is my problem with this movie. And this is why I'm bringing this up, because I know for a lot of Christians, entertainment is one of those gray areas. It's kind of like our guilty pleasure, right? And, you know, maybe 90% of the time you're watching stuff that's great, but then there's that 10%, and there's that show or movie that you're like, ooh, I really should not have seen that. So I just read an article about the Cruella movie, and I will not be watching the movie. Um, I really, I mean, I heard a couple negative things about the movie, and I know a lot of people were upset because they're like, Cruella was a terrible person who skinned dogs and blah, blah, blah. And I mean, of course that's a terrible person, but my, my point of view is that I want to know why she turned out like that. Um, and see, I was just curious if Disney was going to glorify the evil in this movie. Now, there are several things based on this little Facebook post, actually, that I read that are really worrisome. And, I mean, this podcast episode is not about whether or not you should go watch Cruella, but there's literally a song in it that talks about how it's, like, literally glorifying hell. It says that the line for hell is really long. It's, um... So back in the old movie, I think, according to, which I don't remember this, but they spell DeVille, D-E-V-I-L-L-E, and this one, they just totally drop out the L-E, and her name is literally, it, I mean, they, they say it, DeVille, but it's literally Cruella Devil. And um, there's just a lot of glorifying the devil, which, especially, I don't know if you guys saw, but a couple months ago, there was this crazy online group that released Satan shoes and that freaked me out so that paired with this Cruella movie it's like I don't like the direction that our culture is going even more so than I did six months ago it's very worrisome so I wanted to use that example and then real quick um I I was talking to someone on Instagram and they recommended this show to me and um I started watching it and I thought you know what like I'm just going to keep going with this. There were some really big red flags, but I loved the plot line. It was, and the way that it was styled and the cinematography. And so, you know, as someone that's creative, sometimes I tend to, you know, glorify beauty and cinematography over the message or the more objectionable elements of something. And so I was watching, maybe halfway through the first season, they started mentioning... 
um, astral projections or something, which I'm not going to go into, but basically that is like demonic. So I decided, you know what, and I was just, it was like a slap in the face for me. And it was like, see, Amanda, you had feelings that were from the Holy Spirit, apparently, that were like, mm, uh, you might, uh, I don't know that you should be watching this. And I was like, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's going to get better. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. And my gut feelings were actually correct. And so I've been thinking about this concept of, you know, a fly in the ointment, a.k.a. a little bit of dirt in our lives, just ruins our lives. Because sin grows. Um, I love the idea of, you know, sin is literally like a weed. I mean, my grandma, she loves gardening. So garden metaphors always really speak to me because... I mean, for as long as I've known her, I've seen her out in her yard, digging um, up the weeds, planting things, taking care of it, and so I know if you see a weed, there's there's gonna be more. It's not just gonna be one weed. It's not just gonna be two. It's gonna take over your whole garden. So you can't just let a little bit of evil into your life. Also, these things we start, you know, thinking a little bit more about these things that we shouldn't do. And life is a slippery slope. We, as humans, have no self-control. I mean, we kind of start down the slippery slope and we like to think, oh, okay, I'll back off right before, you know? We like to flirt a little bit with evil, but we can't flirt with evil. Evil is all or nothing. It will pull us in. And so we constantly have to be you know, creating boundaries for ourselves. And everyone has different boundaries in different areas of life. Like, maybe for someone, they can watch this show and it doesn't pull them dark into this pit because that's not really their sin temptation as much. Now, I'm not saying that... I'm not saying that there are shows that are talking about, like, drugs or alcohol or... I don't know, just things like that that some people can watch that others can't because I think there is a definite line. We shouldn't be, and this is hard, this is so hard, I know, but we really should not be entertaining ourselves with, you know, things that we know for sure are wrong. Um, that's why, I don't know, I'm still, I really love a good murder mystery, you guys. And I'm still trying to find the line between that. A couple weeks ago, I got addicted to this podcast. And it was all about people, uh, about murders. And I was like, you know what? I probably shouldn't be listening to this four hours every day. Like, it's just, I mean, it's just it's just dark, you know? Uh, I shouldn't say that one of my hobbies is listening to a murder podcast. Like, because these murders, it's... There's even a difference, I feel like, between true crime and, like, beat-up ones. There's just something really scary about listening to a story and being like, whoa, like, a human actually did this to another human. That is sick and twisted. So, so anyway, I think that we should be very careful with where we draw lines, if we draw lines. And um, there are a lot of things in the Bible that God has left as gray areas because I'm a very firm believer that God loves seeing his children apply biblical principles and apply scripture and circumstances to come to their own conclusions because that shows maturity as a Christian, right? I mean, 
so okay in school you start out by learning straight up facts right but as you grow older and older and then when you get to college you learn that life isn't just about learning facts it's about being able to come to conclusions you know so okay I learned about A and because of A then B and because of B C follows B and that is a sign that you are a mature human right you can think you can decide you are logical you are learned and so just like this the Bible does that if God had laid out every single circumstance we'll ever be in and what to do in that we would not be mature Christians we have to have a little bit of you know hey choose A or B and you're gonna have to figure it out yourself with the Holy Spirit and God's revealed word in his scripture that really really grows us so this I, I just want you guys to you know like kind of do a self inventory and I feel like um, God really God gets me to think about this um, about two weeks I feel like I kind of do a life inventory and I just see okay hey how am I feeling Am I, you know, being positive? Am I feeling more negative? What do I need to do to kind of adjust? Because, I mean, you can't live life feeling gross all the time. Something's wrong, you know? So, and a lot of times we have to look at what our diet is of entertainment and hobbies and people. So, great thing to start out with. Um, let's continue on. It says, a wise man's heart inclines him to the right, but a fool's heart to the left. Even when the fool walks on the road, he lacks sense. And he says to everyone that he is a fool. Okay, so if you want to know if you're wise, look where your heart wants to go. Where are you um, being led? And actually, if you guys want to learn more about this, make sure that you head over to obelovedone.com and click on the blog tab. I have a article that I actually wrote, I guess it was two weeks ago now, um, it's called something like four-step plan to making biblically based goals and it's based on 1 Kings 1 and it's all about if you feel stuck in life or just like distant from God, there's several steps that I have you guys take based on 1 Kings 1 and one of those things is looking at your goals. So literally ask yourself, what do you want? What keeps you going every day? Um, when I worked as a counselor at a camp, I would ask the girls, I found that this question was so heart revealing. I said, okay, if you had the perfect life, you know, what are the top three things that that perfect life would include? And a lot of times these top three things are probably idols in our lives. And so, um, just looking at what our direction is can be really revealing. Where are you hoping to go? What are you hoping to do? What are your goals, dreams, aspirations? Have you asked God if these are what he wants for your life and if they line up according to his will? Um, I, I did not pray to God about, you know, what major I should do. Thankfully, he was, he was so kind to me. He allowed me to um, end up where I needed to be. But, I mean, he did not have to do that by far because I... I mean, since I was 12, I decided I was going to be a graphic designer, and it didn't even hit me that the Christian life is so practical that you can and should pray about decisions, especially major decisions like, what am I going to do for the rest of my life as a career? So look where you're going, what path you're on, 
and if you need to change paths, goals, routes, things of that nature. So verse 4 says, If the anger of the ruler rises against you, do not leave your place. For calmness will uh, lay great offenses to rest. I think from this we can learn that we should be calm if a ruler hates us. I think, I don't know, I just love the Bible stories that talk about people and how they deal with the king. Especially right now in our culture. Um, I don't know, you, you guys know everything that's going on. Um, and just the craziness of it. And I think that being calm and kind is always the way to go. I mean, just read The Hiding Place by Corrie Ten Boom. She was literally up against Nazis, who are some of the most evil people to ever walk the face of the... And she saw such horrors, and yet she was able to be kind to them. And that was only because she was so close to God. And, I mean, there's a lot of people that would say she should have, you know, said terrible things to them and kicked them and hit them and spat on them when she had the chance and just, like, or at least ignored them at the very least. But she tried to be kind and find the person hidden deep beneath their surface. I mean, who wants to be yelled at, right? And I think and we always have to remember that we are representing Christ wherever we go. So we have a giant responsibility. And we have to make sure that we are showing them what Christ would want. Just look at Christ's example, too. I think that is a really strong example. He, in our minds, he could have and should have stood up against the people that were beating him and pulling him to the cross. And yet we know that there was a bigger picture to that. We know that he knew this was God's will, and so he was going to do it. There is so much more to life than being, um, than standing up for your own rights, okay? So I know that this is a very, um, I don't know, it's a very explosive topic. Um, the only kind of freedom that God ever promised us is freedom from sin, okay? Um, he never promised us freedom from government. He never promised us freedom from pain and suffering. And I think right now a lot of Christians are getting really confused because America for so long has stood for Christian values. And so now they mistakenly equate um, physical freedom with spiritual freedom. And the thing is, for a lot of history, governments have been oppressive. They have not been on the people's side. And yet, you know, Jesus told them to pay their taxes. He told them to be good citizens. He told them to live peaceably with all men, fear God, obey the king, love the brotherhood, all these, I'm quoting verses right here. Um, and so we cannot say, we cannot elevate our own personal freedom with that of spiritual freedom. Because again, it is not a natural right that we have. And you can disagree with me. Um, I think this is a fascinating topic, and I would honestly love to talk to people about this topic. Um, so feel free to DM me on Instagram, where uh, beloved.magazine. But I, I really, truly stand firm on that because I think we, when we start, you know, fudging the lines there, people get really, really confused. And we get confused. Yeah, I'll just leave that there. All right, so then he says, there is an evil that I have seen under the sun. As it were an error proceeding from the ruler. Folly is set in many high places, and the rich sit in a low place. 
I've seen slaves on horses and princes walking on the ground like slaves. So, in case you haven't noticed, the world is backwards and broken. And I think it is, it's sad, and yet it should be expected. I had a really good but hard conversation um, on a phone call with a friend who is really struggling right now. And uh, we're actually kind of in, in a lot of senses in the same kind of circumstance. And I told her if I've learned anything in this circumstance, it's that it's not going to change, okay? Um, at least by any human standards. God, if anything does happen, God is going to have to step in and change hearts because, again, by human standards, it's impossible. And so what I learned is for a long time, I was just so stuck. I kept thinking about this situation and thinking, I got to change it. I got to change it. How do I change it? How do I change it? And finally, I realized, you know what? The world is broken. The world is backwards. When I get emails about Pride Month in my email, I honestly, like, I don't think it's wrong to be surprised, but I really shouldn't be surprised because that's the world that we live in. Men, are, according to Romans, men are going to call good evil and evil good. And so evil shouldn't necessarily surprise us. It should anger us and we should, it should move us to look forward to the unseen things, 2 Corinthians 4. It should move us to be that much more excited for the heaven that awaits us. Pain, suffering, backness, or backwardsness, brokenness, suffering, sin, all these things are actually good. Because if life was perfect, it would be heaven. And we wouldn't have to look forward to heaven because we have that right now. These things remind us of what's real. It reminds us that there is a supernatural battle going on. Again, or actually, yeah, Romans 8 says that we are fighting principalities, powers, the darkness of the world. We are fighting much more than we see, and there's a lot more going on than what we see. And so um, these things just serve to prove and to remind us and to actually push us towards God and towards being excited um, about the future. He who digs a pit will fall into it, and a serpent will bite him who breaks through a wall. He who quarries stones is hurt by them, and he who splits logs is endangered by them. If the iron is blunt and one does not sharpen the edge, he must use more strength, but wisdom helps one succeed. If the serpent bites before it is charmed, there is no advantage to the charmer. So, let's see, people who do wrong will fail. Um, they won't always come out on top. So here's talking about, you know, like people that dig pits, they might be the ones that fall into it. Um, people who do wrong. Now, it's kind of a hit or miss. Also, there are evil people who really, really succeed, at least by the world standards. So we can't judge whether a person is doing a good job, you know, according to God's standards, by their success. Um, because it looks different. The thing is, life is a risk. Every time you step out of your front door, you are risking something. Um, every time you love someone, you are risking them stepping out of your life. Every time you don't love someone, you are risking your own loneliness. Um, and so, life is a big risk. There's always going to be things that 
are going to hurt us, and that's just a part of life. We don't have to be afraid of that. We should take risks because we only get one life. We only get one try. Okay, I do want to skip some verses, and I want to end on this thought about like words and conversation. Verse 12 talks about um, and says, The words of a wise man's mouth win him favor, but the lips of a fool consume him. The beginning of the words of his mouth is foolishness, and the end of his talk is evil madness. A fool multiplies his words, though no man knows what is to be, and who can tell him what will be after him? The toil of a fool wearies him, for he does not know the way to the city. So, two thoughts here. Words are powerful. Use them carefully. Um, as someone, I just, I don't know, I'm a weird mixture because I'm very shy, but I also do love engaging conversation. I love deep thoughts, deep topics. I love philosophy, philosophical things. Um, and, you know, if things are quiet, sometimes I tend to fill up the quiet with just uselessness. And we have to be really, really careful about what we say. Especially, so for me, I'm in, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in Los Angeles, a very, very secular city. And so I have to be really careful because I've kind of built a reputation for myself as a strong Christian. And I, I can't believe it. It is so humbling, you know, to be this 21-year-old representative of Christ. It's terrifying. But there are some times where I think something. And I want to say it so badly because, like, you know, it'll get me in the in crowd. I know what they like. And it's actually really funny, you know. But I think they know that I'm a Christian. And if I say this, they, I'm going to go, like, God's going to go down in their eyes a little bit. They might be a little shocked that I would say something like that. They might kind of write God off a little. And that is the last thing that I want. So I, more than I've ever had to in my life, I mean, I would say at camp and then here in LA, I've had to be extremely careful about what I'm, because, um, what I'm showing because in both positions, I was set up as kind of this example. And so with example and leadership comes responsibility. And I, I will gladly and humbly take that. Um... The other thing is that we should not, we should not wax on and on and on and on and on and on, especially about things that we don't know. Ugh, I've caught myself, especially, um, so I work with a lot of current events and news stuff, and because of this, a lot of my friends will be asking me, they're like, oh, did you see this? Like, do you, like, kind of like I have an insider track, which I actually don't. Um, I try, when I was going to move here, I was so worried that I would just constantly be, you know, thinking about current events and the news and I would get so pulled into it and things like this just really, really hurt my heart. And so one of the reasons that I was worried about this move was because I thought it was going to add a lot of stress to my life and it was going to be, be something in my life that God just wouldn't be proud of because I don't think we need to be, you know, worried about politics and current events all the time we definitely should not be obsessed with it and I mean when you work in kind of like the news industry it's it's part of your job to know what's going on thankfully I've actually really been able to detach myself from it and you know it's just kind of like a project by project I have to know what's going on but it's been good all that to say it's been good God has really blessed my move in that um, way 
Um, so anyway, sometimes people will say, hey, do you know what's going on with this? And I've had many times where I just kind of want to give general facts and I'm not really sure about all the details. But more often than not, I just have to say, you know what, I don't know enough to talk about this subject. And even as a Christian, you know, sometimes things are brought up and I'm like, you know what, I, you know what, I actually do not have enough biblical references or principles in my mind right now to comment on this. Let me get back to you on this. And this was also really helpful when I was a counselor. And it can be helpful with you guys. If you ever have a friend and they're, you know, asking for your advice on something and you literally don't know what to say, just tell them. Say, you know what, I want to give you good, solid biblical advice, but I actually cannot think of anything right now. So do you mind if I, you know, kind of research it and I will, you know, talk to you when I'm more informed on this topic. We don't have to pretend that we know about everything. We don't have to pretend that we are wise in every aspect of life. Um, because we aren't, especially, you know, I'm assuming that a lot of you guys listening are younger. Um, and so we don't know everything. And that's, it's okay to admit that. We don't always have to have an opinion. We don't always have to be in the know. I don't know. It's just, it's fun being in the know, you know, being like, hey, have you heard this? Have you heard this? Which is actually kind of a part of my job. So look at that. It's kind of perfect. Um, the Bible talks a lot about how important words are, and the older I'm getting, the more I'm realizing that this is true, because just based on my, really based on my words, and I guess my actions at work, I have built this persona naturally. You know, people aren't seeing what I do after work, they aren't, you know, following me around to the places that I go, and, and seeing me do this stuff, but just based on how I act at work and the things that I say, I've been able to, you know, become this example of being a Christian. So if, I mean, that, that therefore proves that the words that you use are very important. And I just, I hope that you guys kind of take an inventory again. So take an inventory of your goals and also take an inventory about the things that you talk about and, you know, subjects that come up a lot because the, the things that you talk about tend to be the things that we care about, right? So, yeah, if we're constantly talking about something that we probably shouldn't be, it means that we're thinking about it. And if we're thinking about it, it means that we care about it. So that can also be a really good, um, like, representative of what's important to us in our lives. Um, and if anyone used his words wisely, it was Solomon and his dad, um, David, just based on the beautiful passages of scripture that they they have and I'm just so excited that we're going through this book together. Um, there's only two more chapters guys until we are done with the book of Ecclesiastes. Yeah, I don't know, I might I might put up a poll on our Instagram to see if you guys still want to do, you know, kind of like a walk through the Bible or if you want more practical episodes. I'm thinking you guys probably want more practical, uh, which is great because it's kind of like the blog post that I used to do. Um, those do take a lot more time to research and stuff, but I, I love researching and looking things up, so yeah, I'd be good with that. Um, but yeah, so I will be posting on Instagram and asking you guys for topics that you'd like to see, so make sure that you follow us on Instagram, at beloved.magazine. I also try to post things that will encourage you, uh, my goal is that, you know, you're like scrolling through Instagram during work or school and you just see our posts and you are immediately, it's like a breath of fresh air. 
and it's just, you know, like a devotional thought, and it, it turns your mind back to God, if only for just, you know, a couple minutes to remind you of who you are, a beloved daughter of the King. So, oh, and also make sure that you guys are signed up for our mailing list. Um, it's all over our website at obelovedone.com because you'll get updates when we post new blog posts and podcast episodes. We send out a weekly email with kind of like a roundup of everything that's going on, oh, beloved one wise. And also we will email you guys when our new magazine issue is coming out. This one is going to be the healer issue. And I am so, so excited for this issue because it's just, oh my goodness, it is so good. Reading through these articles, I, these girls love God so much and they are so talented in writing. So yeah, I, I am so excited to share this issue with you guys. So we release a new issue of the Oba Level 1 magazine every other month. I've been doing this for almost 10 years now and um, haven't missed an issue yet, thank God. Um, that's by his own grace to me. And it's free. It is free online, free to read, so please do us a favor and share when you can. We have we have issues up from our um, 2020 series and 2019, I think. I'm still trying to put the older issues up on the website. Um, so yeah, make sure that you guys are on the mailing list to get all the recent updates. And thank you guys so much for listening. I appreciate you guys so much. I just love talking about God and what I'm learning in the Bible. It, it does me so much good. It's like a breath of fresh air. So I thank you guys so much for listening. And I will talk to you guys next week. Until then, don't forget that you are beloved.